This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee. A national leader in the fight against human trafficking says Florida is one of the states leading the way, but we still don't know the full extent of the problem and haven't figured out the best way to prevent it. It's a whole new kind of Dumbo drop. The State Wildlife Commission is considering new rules for a handful of companies that sell elephant rides to the public. The proposed regulations don't outright ban the practice, but the new regulations could put some of those companies out of business. Some new laws passed earlier this year by the Florida legislature taking effect today. Whatever you do, make sure you don't hurt a police dog or haze someone as you text while driving through a school or work zone with a childlike sex doll in the back of your car. Another new gun bill has been pre-filed for the state legislature. The idea this time around is to ban guns, including concealed carry, at child care facilities in Florida. We'll also check your calendar of events and present the latest installment of Florida Woman, who frankly doesn't need a Florida man when it's time to do something stupid. And now, the top stories on Sunrise for Tuesday, October 1st, 2019. More than two dozen laws approved by the Florida legislature earlier this year are just now taking effect. The most disturbing of them is a ban on childlike sex dolls. The bill sponsored by Senator Lauren Book of Plantations sailed to the legislature without a lot of floor debate because, well, frankly, the topic was so creepy. No one wanted to talk about perverts having sex with dolls that resemble children. They're manufactured in China, Hong Kong, or Japan, and they're often shipped to the U.S. labeled as clothing mannequins or models to avoid detection. Book says they're nothing more than practice dummies to train future pedophiles. Another new law we talked about last week on Sunrise is the ban on any use of handheld phones while driving through a school zone or a work zone. The highway patrol will be handing out warnings instead of tickets until the end of the year, but local police and deputies might not cut you the same slack. Canine cops are also getting more protections. One of the new laws taking effect today makes it a second-degree felony for people to kill or cause great bodily harm to police, fire, or search-and-rescue dogs along with police horses. The change boosts the amount of potential prison time from five years up to 15 years. And there's a new law designed to combat hazing, making it a felony if the hazing results in a permanent injury. This bill was inspired by the tragic death of FSU fraternity pledge Andrew Coffey of Lighthouse Point, who died of alcohol poisoning after attending a frat party and draining a bottle of wild turkey that had been taped to his hand. Two Democrats from South Florida file bills to add child care facilities to the list of public places where firearms are prohibited. Concealed firearms and weapons are currently prohibited in courtrooms, courthouses, polling places, public school districts, meetings of county commissions, and gatherings of the state legislature. Senator Lori Berman of Delray Beach and Representative Cindy Polo want to add child care facilities to that list by imposing a ban. Berman says there is no valid reason for a parent to be packing heat at daycare. Animal welfare advocates are pushing for a ban on elephant rides in Florida. Later this week, the Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission, commonly known as the FWC, will consider new rules for licensees who allow people to ride on the giant critters. These proposed changes include a ban on using any elephants that have caused a death or a serious injury before. The rides would have to be overseen by experienced handlers, and they would have to use some sort of barrier or boundary to prevent a bystander from having contact with an elephant at a public event. The FWC says there are five licensees providing rides in Florida. They have a total of about 10 elephants. Now, the commission is not going along with the idea of a ban, but one of the elephant owners told the Orlando Sentinel the new regulations are so restrictive it pretty much puts them out of business. The Board of the Wildlife Commission meets tomorrow and Thursday in Cape Canaveral. Birth announcements take on a whole new meaning when mom is also the first lady of Florida. Instead of sending an email blast or going to the trouble of sending formal notices by snail mail, Governor Ron DeSantis gets to make the announcement on TV. When he was in Mexico Beach last week to unveil a hurricane recovery grant, DeSantis started his press conference by announcing his wife Casey is pregnant with their third child. Then on Monday at a human trafficking summit in Orlando, he made the same announcement again, but this time the governor used a basketball analogy. 
I think in the spring, yeah, late March, we will have uh, three kids, three and under, uh, running around the governor's mansion. And so my wife and I are preparing to transition from man-to-man defense to zone defense. And I think it'll be fun, and I think it'll be challenging, but it's all worth it in the end. Chances are the governor will be dropping these pregnancy quotes for a while. Now, just imagine the pressure of being one of his speechwriters and having to come up with a new way of saying the same thing over and over again. All of us here at Sunrise would like to offer our condolences to Florida Senator Marco Rubio, whose mother has passed away at the age of 88. Oriella's Rubio grew up as one of nine people sharing a one-room home in Cuba. She and her husband, Mario Rubio, moved to the U.S. in 1959. She became a citizen in 1975. That was about four years after Marco's birth in Miami. The senator's father died of cancer in 2010. Next up on Sunrise, we go in-depth on the issue of human trafficking, a form of modern-day slavery. Florida is making progress in the fight, but there's a long way to go. That story right after this. Florida is a great place to live and do business. Let's keep it that way. By supporting the Florida Competitive Workforce Act, legislators can do the right thing. To remain competitive globally, we must be a welcoming state for everyone to live, work, and play. 11 Fortune 500 companies, 35 major employers, and hundreds of small businesses support the act. And 68% agree it's wrong to discriminate in employment, public housing, and accommodations. Go to floridacompetes.org. Tell your legislator to hear the Florida Competitive Workforce Act. A leader in the fight against human trafficking says states like Florida have done a good job responding to the problem, but that's not the same as solving it. Bradley Miles is CEO of Polaris and has spent the past decade devoting himself to combating human trafficking and modern-day slavery on a local, national, and global scale. And even though we've done great at responding to it, I still think that trafficking is probably the same size as it was 20 years ago. I still think there are thousands of criminal networks out there waking up this morning figuring out how to traffic people. I still think there are 9,000 illicit massage businesses across the country that are at risk for trafficking. There are 150,000 new sex ads every morning somewhere across the country, and some percentage of those are kids, and some percentage of those are people being forced against their will. So I don't think the, the crime is going down yet, but we're responding to it better and better. We're not yet solving it, right? So we're doing great on awareness, training, policy, political will, responding. That's great. We've still got to estimate the crime better. We've still got to create more parity for labor trafficking. We've still got to get to the prevention end. We've still got to engage businesses. And we've got to make sure that we're treating victims like victims and not like criminals. Miles was your leadoff speaker at the statewide summit on human trafficking at the University of Central Florida, and he praised state officials for their response to the crisis. Governor Ron DeSantis was also there to get things started. We, unfortunately, are uh, one of the focal points, uh, if you look throughout the United States, in terms of, of human trafficking for, for a variety of reasons, the tourism, uh, the labor. And so we have a responsibility uh, to fight this scourge. Attorney General Ashley Moody helped organize the summit. It was her first chance to preside over the event, but she's been dealing with human trafficking for years. I have been astounded as I have been involved in cases throughout the years, even as the Attorney General, to see that links at what evil people will go to lure others into this modern form of slavery. Even as far as using video games to attract children. As a mother, I am horrified that every two minutes, another child is prepared for sexual exploitation. 
As a former judge, a juvenile judge, I was astounded and shocked that children would end up in the delinquency system that were victims of human trafficking. And I can tell you as the Attorney General, we are fighting daily to eradicate this heinous crime. Florida ranks third nationally in the number of complaints about human trafficking, and Governor DeSantis says they need to find new ways to respond and let the victims know the authorities will have their backs. We obviously have uh, issues that you've seen um, in the press, um, you know, with the sex trafficking. Um, that, unfortunately, there's a demand for that. I think you need to fight it on the demand side. I think you need to fight it, uh, the traffickers themselves, and you obviously need uh, um, uh, to have an infrastructure in place to be able uh, so that the victims, you know, have faith that, um, that, that they should, that they should uh, work, work with law enforcement. I mean, it's not, uh, we, we look at it and say if someone's being abused, obviously they want to get out. But, I mean, there's a lot of complex things. It's not always, law enforcement's not always trusted in these things. So the more we can do to show that we're on victim side, I think the more we'll be able to get um, a lot of cooperation and be able uh, to, make, uh, to make additional headway. But you have all that. But then you also have uh, labor traffic. Doesn't get as much attention, but I think that that's something here in Florida, you know, that we certainly see as a problem. And we want to make sure that people aren't uh, being uh, treated as effectively indentured servants uh, working uh, for folks uh, for, for next to nothing. Now, that last bit about labor trafficking is something new, and it speaks to the problem of parity. Florida has cracked down on sex traffickers, but they really haven't done much about labor trafficking, in part because big business relies on cheap labor. Bradley Miles at Polaris says it's a nationwide problem. The sex trafficking and the labor trafficking response, I'd say when you look at the data nationally, the ratio is about 95-5. 95% of the cases that happen nationally are about sex trafficking and 5% of the cases are about labor trafficking, right? 95-5. When you look at the media attention, I'd say that, that, blend, that ratio is still pretty similar, 95-5, right? So labor trafficking is not getting as much attention for a whole host of reasons. Right? But we could do more on labor trafficking because we know that it's one of the largest forms of trafficking worldwide. So how do we find more labor cases? How do we look at wage theft cases and look deeper? How do we look at what businesses are contracting out for and say, where are you contracting out for those janitors? Where are you contracting out for those landscapers? Where are you contracting out for those hotel housekeepers? Right? So labor trafficking, we have an opportunity to do a lot more on labor trafficking. And it's not just a problem of parity. Miles says we still don't have a strategy to prevent human trafficking. And a more fundamental issue is we don't know how widespread the problem really is. His company runs the National Hotline for Human Trafficking. They average almost 30 complaints a day. That's more than 11,000 a year. But no one seems to know how many victims there really are. On your political calendar today, Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed and Florida Forest Service Director Jim Carls will announce major changes and enhancements to the state's prescribed burning program, which includes agricultural burns for crops like sugarcane. That's at 9 a.m. in the state capitol. State Representative Jackie Toledo will join the Hillsborough County Sheriff and Hillsborough County School Superintendent for a news conference to highlight a new state law making all school and work zones hands-free for cell phones. That's at 9.30 outside Mabry Elementary in Tampa. The state's Restoration of Voting Rights Work Group meets in Tallahassee at the Knott Building that starts at 2 p.m. The group created as part of efforts to carry out a November constitutional amendment, restoring voting rights to felons who completed the terms of their sentences. 
The 850 Hemp Summit starts tonight. It's hosted by the Florida Hemp Association in conjunction with the Appalachian Regional Planning Council and Leon County's Office of Economic Vitality. The conference kicks off tonight at the Craft House, followed by an all-day meeting Wednesday at FSU's Turnbull Center. The event's been sold out for the past week with over 260 participants. And the Bay County Legislative Delegation will meet at the Bay County Government Building in Panama City as it prepares for the 2020 legislative session. Senator George Gaynor will be joined by Representatives Jay Trumbull and Brad Drake. That starts at 5 o'clock Central Time. And time once again for our continuing coverage of Florida Woman, who reminds us every day why the rest of the country thinks we're all riding the short bus here in the Sunshine State. From our Take a Bite Out of Crime department, a toothless Florida woman faces two charges of auto theft after her dentures were discovered inside a stolen Kia. Deputies say 31-year-old Lindsay Jean Staley McShane of Lady Lake appeared to be high on something as she tried to break into a pickup truck and then search the ground, apparently looking for shoes and her missing teeth. Officers found both items in a nearby Kia, which had the doors open, the lights on. Problem is, it wasn't hers. The car had been reported stolen. She did, however, get a ride to the Lake County Jail, where bail was set at $10,000. And actress and former Fox News talking head Stacey Dash is busted in Pasco County on a charge of domestic battery. She was one of the stars of the movie Clueless and worked as a Fox News contributor for cultural analysis and commentary from 2014 to 2017. Investigators say the 5'4", 108-pound woman pushed a man and slapped him in the face at her home in Newport Ritchie. Officers did not identify the victim, but TMZ says it was her hubby. That's a wrap on this edition of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee for Florida Politics. Join us again tomorrow for a fresh batch of stupid from the Sunshine State.